Earl Gray for Jeremy. It's over here. Thank you. Okay, so today we are visiting with our friend Corey. Corey uh, works here at Moody uh, and recently graduated from the comp program. And uh, wait, 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 was it WMA? No, it was comp. It was WMA comp? was like not a thing. Oh, okay, okay. And uh, now she's working here at Moody uh, in the comp department, basically making sure all the professors stay organized and nothing falls apart or blows up. Or yeah, my job description has been well, someone gave me the job description as a camera self sanity. Oh. So, not my words. Well. I don't, I don't, I don't, know I don't want to make you that responsible for that. <laughs> that seems like a long stretch for one person to manage. So, uh, But uh, you actually did just graduate, and, and now you're working um, here, but you're also working on some other stuff uh, in terms of missions. So, first of all, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah. But uh, you're talking today a little bit because you are... Uh, well, I'm not going to tell people what you're doing, but t tell us a little more about what you're doing right now in terms of uh, where you want to go next. Yeah, so my the next step for me um, is joining a team on the field. I've already worked with this team once. It is called Pioneers Europe. So if anyone's familiar with Pioneers, the mission organization, um, this is their European mobilization base. Okay. I did my senior internship yeah, with them. I, I spent a summer in the Netherlands cool. as their communications department. All right, wait, wait, wait. Just pause, just pause oh, on yes. that for a second. So you spent in the Netherlands. <laughs> Uh -huh. So tell me, I've never been in the Netherlands, oh. and it doesn't seem to me to be this, you know, well-known place for something like food. But because I'm going to out you here, you're from Alaska, and we yeah. were just talking about moose. Yeah. And I've had moose chili, which is good. What What was something weird in the Netherlands? You were like, you know, if you go to the Netherlands, you should try fill in the blank. I mean, I don't know <laughs> if it's weird, but like, if you go to the Netherlands, you got to try like fresh off the street stroopwafel. Say that again. Stroopwafel. Stroop. Waffle. It's like these two waffle, like waffle press, like cookies with caramel in the middle, and like if you get, you can buy them in the states. They're like not, like it's easy to find your waffle in the states. But, but you're like, saying buy them off the street, like off the street, like freshly made, like, like warm? still warm. Okay. Oh, it just like melts in your mouth. So waffles and caramel. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. But yeah. it's like thin, like. But they get served thin. with anything else, like uh, cream or. No, Drizzled like it's pretty, chocolate. well, one of the common things to do is to like put it like if you have like a pre-bought one is to put it like on top of like a hot beverage to warm it up oh. and then you enjoy like it on top of coffee. Kind yeah, of? like okay. on top of coffee or tea or whatever. Yeah. Okay. I could see that. All right. Sorry. Completely no. random. All right. So you went to the Netherlands, interned there. Now you're at, now you're doing what? Now I, uh, so I've been in the support raising process of joining their team full time and they want to bring me on as the like, communications director for the team mm -hmm. um, and kind of help establish more of a, of a communications department. We have like someone part time and we have a couple new people who have joined our team in the last year who are like taking small roles within the team, but kind of the idea when I was there, that was, was talked about a lot. And again, this was with the past director mm -hmm. of the team in general. We have a new director since, but I'm pretty sure the vision is, remains the same. It's to gather a team of people with different expertise, like journalism, photography, mm -hmm. videography, directing, all that kind of stuff, um, to be an asset to our missionaries that we've mobilized, because our whole thing is mobilizing Europeans mm -hmm. to serve everywhere, all over the world, within sure. their contexts, or different European contexts, or countries that 
uh, all over the world, countries like you can't even get to as an American citizen, sure. a lot of Europeans have access to, mm. um, just because of visas and different things like that. Mm -hmm. So just being a tool and asset to them, because I think one of the huge needs within the, the missions world is good storytelling. Mm. Like, that's why I came to Moody, that's why I studied communications here, mm -hmm. was because that's a need that I saw, is that... One, everyone in the world absolutely has a story to tell. Absolutely. Missionaries have such such important stories to tell mm -hmm. because they are on the front lines of ministry and of God moving in incredible ways and they like you ever I'm sure you've sat down with missionaries in your in your life experience. Sure. They have the most insane stories. Sure. They're incredible. But they don't know how to like a lot of them lack tools to tell well mm -hmm. and to get them out there well. Mm -hmm. And and that's like what I want to do is I want to move forward and I want to, my whole kind of tagline for what I'm doing is being modern missions mm. because I feel like there's so many misconceptions of what missions in and there's so many gaps in modern missions between missionaries and the church and missionaries in their average Joe and even missionaries in sometimes the context they're trying, the people they're trying to reach the context they're trying to So my whole thing is coming in with the tools and the knowledge and all the mm -hmm. the privilege that I've been given mm -hmm. and using that to assist, to equip, to disciple, to, to help. Sure. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, to be honest, the age-old, you know, stereotype is the missionary who comes into your church once every three or four years brings a wonderful little slide deck tell some really great stories but most of the time is just there for a day tell some great stories shows you a couple of pictures and uh, then you know ask for support and then leaves and disappears for two or three more years and basically uh, may and, and to be clear a lot of missionaries do a great job like sending out newsletters and things like that but there's only so much they can do in terms of uh, telling the stories because they're doing the work so it's Exactly. The trickiest part oftentimes for missionaries is how do I take the time to tell the story, which I need to do to keep the support going, right. and, and also sure, yeah, sure. So, so your goal is then is to leverage new technology mm -hmm. to spread the stories of what missionaries are doing, yeah. Um, and so, but what? So let's talk about what you think. Uh, and what you've learned so far about storytelling, especially in digital context. Like what, what are some things that you think make a good story? I think something that makes a good story within the digital context specifically, because the whole thing of like why digital and why technology is, is a needed asset in storytelling in the missions world is because that's the world we live in. That sure. is where the, the platforms where stories are told mm -hmm. now is a digital platform. And I think some of the most effective ways I've seen that done um, is really through is really through a lot of uh, like a lot of the film side of things mm -hmm. and and like podcast side of things too. Like I think podcasts are such it's not like this outstanding like like it's not like this super flashy way of telling a story, but somehow it's really gripped people. And I think there is like simplicity and beauty in it. And I've seen that be a really effective tool. I think just, I think someone being authentic and raw and bringing in their very natural experience is what has made the most captivating pieces to me. Like there's this YouTuber that I found through um, World Race mm -hmm. and through their Instagram. Yep. And I found, I found his channel 
and I just started watching all of his videos because his ability to craft language and then imagery that goes along with that language to pull you into the work that he was doing and the experiences he was having. Like, it made me feel like I was back on the field. Mm -hmm. And that's someone who's been on the field before, but I can only imagine that it would pull in someone who had never experienced that and give them an experience that they didn't get to have. Because that's, that's the whole thing, right? Is like people who are on the other side of missions, the like not the the equipping the supporting role of missions they're just a part of the work as the person on the field but they don't often get the chance to feel that way sure and i think that's a great service that that creating this content and telling these stories can provide is like pulling people in so they can feel a part of it i feel like i should say his name just i want to give credit where credit is due i think the channel is, I think, just his name. His name is Connor Ball, for anyone interested. Hmm. Just a really great... I, he hasn't done anything, I think, since he hasn't been serving on the field. Yep. But great content for anyone who wants to check him out. So, for you, then, the key would be, for it, in using missions, would be to connect the work of the missionary and the work that's being done to the people who are supporting it and helping them to see that it's mm -hmm. the work that they're doing, too, even though they can't be present. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one side of it, and I think the other side of it is like story is such a powerful vessel for the gospel sure right like especially i think in post-christian context because if you're going into specifically like context in like post-christendom like in north america most of europe and even like australia like those are all very post-christian mm -hmm. cultures and they have they kind of like they don't have a lot of if you just come in with the Bible and like, hey, let me preach the Bible to you, it's not, like, they kind of have this attitude of like, we've already been there, we've already tried that, it's not for us. And so therefore that almost like limits, if they're not listening to that, then then they're not, like, that limits one vessel for the Holy Spirit to move and to capture someone. But if they'll listen to someone's story and someone's testimony, and the way that God has worked in someone else's life, and that's a different vessel for the Holy Spirit to work through, to capture someone's heart, to like pull at a certain string in their story, to be like, oh, that that resonates with me. That's something I've experienced. Is that something God can redeem in my life? Is that a way that I can see something greater than me come and, and change? an aspect that I can't change myself, this thing that I've been stuck in or affected by or hurt by for years and years and years and years. So I think it's a two-sided point. Like, I think media and storytelling has a place in missions to be able to connect missionaries, yes, to their supporters, but also to the audience that they're trying hmm. to minister to. I think it's a two-fold thing. Yeah, it, it certainly has the potential to Although, yeah. although I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to argue with probably missiology professor here <laughs> arguing about this, but uh, I, I always say that um, post-Christian is just basically pre-Christian, recycled. So I think that yeah. oftentimes my, my interactions and experiences with people were that um, they actually didn't have any context for the story. So if we could tell the story of the scripture well, mm -hmm. they've never heard them before. Most, yeah. most of the time when I talk to people that aren't Christians, you know, they'll, they'll say, well, I know what a David and Goliath story is because I watch ESPN, not because I ever read David and Goliath. Like, right. I have no idea. What, I just know it's a little guy beats a big guy. That's all I know. Yeah. Uh, so there's a, there's experiences and stories in this scripture that people actually never heard before. Not that they 
or right. we've been there, done that. Although I do think there's some people in that space. Right. But I'm finding more and more often that there's less people who I even have any idea what you're talking about. I'll tell yeah. you about Jesus and I'll be like, I, I just know this Jesus guy. Yeah. Yeah, okay, but I don't know anything about him. I don't know what he did. I don't know what you say he did. I don't know anything. That's not, right. Or let alone Moses or right. Elijah or somebody else. I, yeah, I don't have any idea what those people are doing. Right. Okay, so, but the capacity, and this is what I love about the scripture in that sense, is the capacity for the scripture yeah, to tell stories, right. meaningful stories that have connected with people for thousands of years, if we go back and tell them well, and we tell them right. uh, in formats that people are willing to access and connect to, uh, and, and we also talk about how those stories have impacted us. We have potential here to start doing some stuff going forward to not just, like you said, reach the donor, but actually to start talking to them in stories mm-hmm. and say, mm-hmm. there's this, like I, I've heard some people who basically just took the, took the, some of the components out and made them anonymous stories and then told stories from the scripture. And people were like, whoa, that's that person. And then you're like, yeah, that person lived like 3,000 years ago. And you're like, oh, wait, that was real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't understand. Right. Right. And I want to be clear that I'm not saying that, like, personal stories should take the place of Scripture. No, of course not. And the Scripture being preached in the Scripture of, like, creatively being told because I love, I just, like, I love Scripture and I want it to be told. Sure. And I want it to be preached and I want it to be created into innovative new ways and Mm -hmm. new formats. But what you're talking about as well, when we're talking about the work of the missionaries, is the testimony of the saints. Yeah. Which is what is powerful in terms yes. of encouraging each other mm-hmm. and encouraging uh, people to connect and hear those stories and say, this yeah. is what he's done in my life that has testimony, literal bearing witness yes. to what God has done. And, and that that capacity to connect to that story and get started in the digital space then may open doors for real life opportunity, real yeah. life discussion. Um, so... When you're talking about being this communications director and going and doing this, because I'm sure there's people that are listening right now who are thinking, like, where did my degree go? And I've never thought about missions in terms of communication and storytelling. How do you, because you're talking about a wide variety of cultures, yeah. how have you thought through or wrestling with, mm-hmm. um, how do I tell a story well in a culture that may not be mine? Yeah, that's, that's definitely something that I... I think about, especially when I was doing my internship, I thought about it on a, on a daily basis um, of like, how do I reach this audience that I don't have a, a I have a surface level understanding mm-hmm. of. Because like, you know, I've, I'm in this country right now and I'm experiencing it right now, but I don't live here every day. I didn't grow up here. I don't know. I don't have a deeper understanding. And I think, I think the thing that I've, I've learned the most from that is that's when like the humble spirit needs to come in the most mm-hmm. and that's when you need to admit that you don't know and you need to ask the people around you and you need to ask the people that you're assisting to tell their story to also know that they still have knowledge and ability mm-hmm. and wisdom of how to tell their story that you don't of be in like running ideas by them asking like is this effective does this make sense do you think this is a good way to do this to reach people and and then there's also like a, a level where if I'm handing something off to be translated, mm-hmm. I have to let go of it. I have to release it mm-hmm. because that's an ability that I don't have that someone else. I have to trust it. I have to trust Absolutely. like that person's ability to convey the thing that I crafted just as well as I conveyed it in the context that they have a deeper understanding of that I don't. 
because language and translation is like a whole other realm <laughs> with so much complexity yep. and so much nuance and yeah yeah so i think that's where you really have to like understand that this isn't like a one person thing and a one man show yeah, that see. like art is collaboration mm -hmm. especially in the industry world. Huh? like if you think you can do something by yourself and not lean on like the giftings of the you know the body yeah. then like you're in for a rough rough road yeah. so that would be my biggest like thing to tell students who are like thinking of media in the world of a ministry in general but specifically missions is like it's not going to be the you show you're not going to have all the answers like yes you'll have you have this amazing knowledge and like i said i really think like me growing up in in the united states and in like a, a church culture and being able to go to a bible school like that's a privilege sure and with privilege comes responsibility so you have to sure. walk into every setting knowing you have to handle this responsibility well and knowing you have to walk humbly into it so and this is where i often have to push back and challenge students is because to be able to contextually communicate well in the different contexts that you're talking about does require a certain level of like, hey, uh, I don't know this culture well enough. And it's not just in the stories that we pick and not just even in how we tell the stories, but the communication technologies we choose to tell the story. Yeah. Uh, because there's platforms that some people access and don't. There are platforms yeah. that have uh, connotations attached to them. Well, that's obviously an American platform, so that's right. different than, right. oh, no, this is more universal than that. Um, and, and one of the one of the challenges that I often say is, if you're asking me to tell a story to people that I know back home, mm -hmm. then I'm going to lean heavier into what I know about storytelling to the audiences that I'm already aware of. But as you were saying earlier, like when I got to tell a story to an audience that I'm not a native to, I'm not yeah. you know this isn't some place I grew up. Yeah. Um, I really do as much as possible need to lean into uh, some universals on storytelling, but then yeah. letting them contextualize how that looks and what that does. Because often, if I'm not careful, I run into I just told a story that sounded like something else that I didn't intend, yeah. and those unintended consequences actually hurt my ability to tell the story. And that's kind of the humility that you're talking about is the recognition to yeah. say, "Hey, I don't know how this is going to land here. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how this is going to be received because it's on." platform it's a different kind of story or that story has a different history here yeah um even to the point of fact of who am i putting on the camera yeah like I'm, I'm, and so uh, because that draws out empathy in different ways right and so thinking through who's looking not just who's talking yeah really matters and knowing that audience and understanding hey this group of people will receive this as this kind of storytelling because you know missions have a history of colonialism says yes. these are the people who get to tell the stories and pick the stories and even if they're not the ones on camera if they're the ones who decided yeah. then they distinctly still tell yeah. stories based on a dominant culture rather than telling stories that are consistent with native speakers if the intention is to speak to native speakers yeah, yeah. so being able to splice even in the conversation about how you're going to do missions and communication uh, regarding technology, being able to splice out, here's who I'm talking to. Yes. I probably can't use this for two audiences because right. they might not understand each other the same. Mm -hmm. And that's like that's the other side, or one of the many facets that I, I like encapsulate when I'm 
speaking the phrase redeeming modern mission is the, the colonialization thing mm -hmm. because I've, I've actually been accused of that before mm -hmm. like not by a christian by someone else um just by a, a, a someone i know on a social media platform when mm -hmm. i was talking about my mission stuff they accused colonialism and i'm like sure. well that's not what i'm trying to do at all but i understand that that is a history mission that's sure. one of the things that i want to redeem and i think like every to sum up and put in like a little what you were saying and put in my own perspective of like the thing that I kept I tried to keep in mind the most during my internship when I was I traveled to um so I was I was my home base for my internship was the Netherlands sure but during my time I traveled to Hungary and Bosnia um to interview our missionaries there and write some pieces for them because my platform is writing sure. one of my my mediums and the thing that I I tried to keep in my head the whole time when I was interviewing and writing these pieces was to honor the voice of the person mm -hmm. telling the story like maybe they said something and i wouldn't say it that way and in my american brain that's how it should be said especially with like you know the language barriers yep, and all yep, those things yep. but to be like i'm gonna keep it this way anyways because some like you they speak even like especially when they're speaking a second language and the way they phrase things, like sometimes they're more impactful than us with all of our like us trying to be eloquent and like use like flowery, <laughs> lavish language. Like sometimes the way they say things is just so simple and it makes it more profound mm -hmm. because of how simple it is. Because it's just like, oh yeah. And so just to honor the voice telling the story and to try and capture it to the best of your ability, I think is like the key to international storytelling because that voice is important mm -hmm. and that voice makes sense in its context way more than my voice. I feel. Absolutely. Well, and, and the key to all great storytelling, and this is this is ultimately where we get hung up sometimes when we start to work with technology. Is the technology creates things that make it. Um, oh, this is amazing, and they're fantastic, and they're glitzy, and they're wow, this is cool, and we can do this and this and this. And, and yet, if we're not careful, the technology can overwhelm the technology, the things that go into the design, all the things that go around, you know, okay, we're going to build this, we're going to set, we're going to lighting, we're gonna, all of it fantastic. But at the heart, all good storytelling is fundamentally human. Yeah. And the moment that it takes the humanity out of the story is the moment that if the technology overwhelms it, oh, well, this just became like this, you know, not even a human story anymore. Now this is superhuman, like this person's a superhero and it's not me, it's somebody else, is the moment that we really truly lose the power of what it means to be human, what it means to become fully human and humans that flourish as we're describing in scripture. And so the danger in working with this technology especially because some of it's so cool yeah. the stuff you can do and I can shoot with drones and do all kinds of crazy right, fun yeah. stuff but if I lose the human part of it yeah. I wind up getting to a place where I can say the technology made it cool but I lost the person yeah you've just made more noise right and and so and so that person's well and, and I may even have made a story in a loose sense but I haven't made a story that's probably going to connect yeah because the, the technology doesn't make it connect. You go see a big blockbuster movie, you're not like, yeah, that's my life. Yeah, like, things no. just, you know, blow up as I walk 
out of whatever place I'm in, and that's you know, wow, look, you got fireworks behind him. Like, that's not me. Yeah. Yeah. And and so that sense of how do I continue to tell human stories, mm-hmm. as you're saying, in ways that show and give empower their voice. Mm-hmm. Say this is how we would describe our situation, rather than this is how I would describe it to you. Let me let them describe it to us, yeah. so that we can hear from a first person perspective and use the technology to do all the things. I'm not saying that, I, yeah. you know, hosted video productions that were tens of thousands of dollars, flown all over the world to do stuff like that. It's it's cool, and I'm not because when it's well done, it still puts the human as the center of the story. Right. So, the key for me is how do we keep the human at the center of the story and use the technology to do the work of enhancing and and, and clarifying mm-hmm. that experience because it has powerful powerful effects, especially especially visually. Yeah. Um, so I know that uh, some of you who've been in class with me have heard me talk about compassion. I uh, was doing some virtual reality things where you walk through the day in the life of a kid, and they basically got a lot more, uh, a lot more connected and empathetic responses from people who wanted to sign up to be donors because they walked through the day in the life with one of the kids that they were sponsoring, basically. Mm-hmm. And that visual to step into the space to walk a mile in somebody else's shoes. A very human experience, yeah. but mediated through very powerful technology, puts us in a space to say, oh, that's what it would be like to have to walk four miles to get walk. That's what it would be like to, it's not a, well, they told me about it. No, no, I'm going to show you. So even if we film things and we can show people's angles and this is where they walk and this is what this looks like, mm-hmm. all of a sudden we start connecting with it, yeah. uh, especially emotionally, yeah. in a deeper way than if we said, but it was really cool looking and they had all these cool shots and all this amazing stuff with drones and lighting and so what? Yeah. At the end of the day, if it doesn't come back to being human storytelling, you're not going to connect with the humans watching. Right. Yeah. So, so what does that, uh, so what does that look like for you going forward? You're trying to raise funds and if you get to this point, what do you want to do once you get there? What are some things you're you're excited about? Oh man, I'm excited about so much. (laughs) I'm I'm excited like the things I'm excited about right now and the things I'm excited about in the future. Um, the things that I'm excited about right now is I kind of got pushed by one of my friends a few weeks ago because I just kind of hit like a, a bummer moment in sure. like some support stuff. Yep. And she was like, "Okay, I love you. Your whole thing is you want to go and tell people stories. Yep. And you want to tell them well. You're not telling your own blood." So let's start there yeah. because you can't say you're going to go do this thing unless you're doing it, unless people see it. Sure. And so that's what I'm excited about right now is to tell my story well, specifically to my church community, because like they have missionaries that they've supported for years, but they're all, my church is like two churches combined. Mm-hmm. Like that's how my church forms with two churches yeah, merging instead of the very often church splitting in half, sure, sure. which I'm like, yay, that's a much better story. <laughs> um, uh, but like, no one knows our, those missionaries. Like they haven't been a part of the congregation for years and years and years. They're mostly from the church of like the older community and like just people don't know them. Like people don't know who they are, where they're, what they're doing. No one's seen them in years. Mm. And so what I'm leaning to right now is to just like kind of bring missions, international missions back mm-hmm. as like something people think about in my church and feel connected to and like hey you know someone you know me like i'm here every sunday 
I work with the youth group. Your kids know me. Like, to just bring that connectivity back to my church and to educate them about missions because there's, like, a lot of just lack of education about, like, what missions is. Like, I've had a lot of people be like, so how long are you going? And I'm like, oh, no, no. Like, this isn't, like, a two-week trip. Like, this is forever. And, like, they didn't know that that's something people still did. So just, like, bringing the education is something I'm really excited about for the present and then for the future, like, when I get there and when I'm actually on the field in the midst of it, the thing that I am, I'm just, like, so excited for is to be a part of these stories. Mm -hmm. And, like, I'm just... I'm like, I love people. I'm just a people person. And so to be able to be on the field in the midst of it, traveling to all of our missionaries, getting to know them, being a part of preparing them for the field and like, mm -hmm. like discipling them as they're preparing for the field and to get to be a part of someone's story and the before in the during mm -hmm. of their missions journey are like the things I'm most those are the stories I'm most excited to like dive into and be a part of and tell. And I'm excited to like compile a team and be a part of that because I want to compile a team of Europeans. I, I'm like, we're trying to make our team as like least American as possible because we are serving Europeans. And I would say we are the minority on the team currently, but we don't want to bring, because I'm like, yeah, I could bring people, like I could pitch this to a bunch of people and like probably pull in more Americans. But if I could pull in Europeans, like that's more honoring to what, to the work. Cause like at the, the at the end of the day, I think the, the big thing about missions is you kind of like want to work yourself out of a job. Like you want, especially when mobilization, like sure. you want to serve and equip locals to the point where it's like, really you doing sure. And like, obviously I'm dedicated to the strongest the Lord has me. And like, this is so clearly like what he is calling me to and i want to fully lean into that but i also don't want to be that person who overstays sure beyond the need sure, like sure. i'm feeling the need that's there and if i can if god rallies people to fill like rallies locals to fill that need where i'm no longer needed then all right Lord, where do i go next yeah you know so those are the things i'm like most excited for is to like empower and equip Europeans and then to just be a part of their story and to tell their story and to like compile a team of Europeans where we are all telling stories together. Yeah. And so uh, let's just get practical here for a minute. How can um, the, our friends who are hanging out and listening to us and talking and stuff support not just you, but just missions in general from stateside? Hey, we're sitting here we're in yeah. America. Yeah, yeah. Most of us even in Chicago, um, but and we can't go. Right. Um, but there are other ways that we can support that, whether that's you know subscribing to channels and helping people out, or maybe even donating, depending on what where you're at in your life and what you've got going or coming next. So yeah, I would say like connecting with anyone you know, pursuing or actively in missions, will mean more to them than you can possibly imagine. Like, when someone reaches out to me and is like, hey, I read your latest newsletter, I'm praying for you about this specific thing that you said. Mm -hmm. Or like, hey, um, I heard you talk about this, like, can we have a conversation about it? Or like, hey, I want to, like, I've, I, I met this couple at a, like, 4th of July thing, knew them for a few hours, you know? Like, met them one time for a few hours, 
lovely people, had amazing conversations with them. They reached out to me, asking me for a conversation about joining my financial support team. Hmm. Which, like, that's usually my, like, that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to reach out to people, but they were the ones who reached out to me. Hmm. So you just taking that first step will, like, blow someone's mind. And if someone takes a step towards you, I would just say, respond. Even if you don't want their newsletter, Mm -hmm. even if you can't support them financially, if you can't be a part of it, still just respond because I think one of the most discouraging things in my journey has just been the people who ignore me. Mm. Like I had a church that I attended just straight up ignore me and that like Mm. hurt so deeply, Mm. you know? And so just the way you can support missions is to support missionaries. And that is just in every sense of the world. Like, of course, like, especially when someone who is in the support raising stage, like, financial support is the most, like, it's just, it, it's a very practical way to help somebody because, like, I think a huge misconception, again, is that, like, people don't understand what it takes to get on the field, that, like, a missionary has to have a number coming in consistently yep. monthly before yep. they can even apply for a visa. Sure. You know, like, it's just, like, they have to reach this number and this percentage of monthly donations, and that's something I had to explain in my church because that was something they didn't understand. They wanted to offer me a one-time gift. I'm like, that actually doesn't help me that much, like, to, like, that Well, I mean, if they gave you, like, a million bucks, right. you could spread it out. Right, like, you could spread it out, but I was like, I mean, not, it doesn't help me, but it doesn't get me any closer Sure, to sure, it's, because you got to have a regular. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, just supporting them in every single form, and just, like, talk to them, and, like, yeah. That's, that's what I would say. And so, so I'm going to encourage you in, yeah. in the same sense that you said the, the your friend told you. I would encourage you because I think that the way that people are going to pay attention is when mm-hmm. you tell a story. Yeah. That stories are often the things that lure us into looking at an email. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Right? Yeah. But, but I mean, like, these are the things that draw our attention. Yeah. So you tell a story or you tell a five-part story of how I'm doing this or how, what this looks like or what I'm excited yeah. about or whatever. And all of a sudden, it's like, I'm willing to listen to a story a lot more likely than I am to read a five-page newsletter about what you're... Yeah. Like, this, this is a lot. <laughs> so that's... So I, I actually I gotta, have, like, a video update for every newsletter that I send out to just give people options. Because yeah. I'm like, not everyone wants to sit down and read this whole thing, and that's okay. <laughs> yeah, well, but, but I think it's beyond that. I think that it's not just about, like, hey, uh, you know, here's all the information. It's, yeah. I can hear telling that. Right. I can see your face. I can see when you get excited. It's hard to see excitement on a page. Mm-hmm. So how do you show the people that? How do you help them see like, hey, because at this point we're, I, I mean, uh, at my house with my wife and my kids and I'm just watching them click on things to watch. And I'm like, you just click on anything. Like at this yeah. point you just click like, oh, that looks interesting. Yeah, click. Okay. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, I don't do that. And, but I but I know that that's what people do. Yeah. And so I, I, for me, it's really thinking through and, and being aware to a large degree of okay people are going to open things especially video content yeah. um that so you're saying like okay it's just my newsletter stuff right but it's from you yeah so it's from you which means i'm part of the story that i'm watching you tell as you are in it yeah so that component of how are you going to tell the story if you're going into missions you're going to go into any kind of fundraising thing just recognize that if you don't tell stories well you're probably not going to get the attention you deserve mm-hmm. and and furthermore the craft of telling stories is crucial for where you're going. So I would say, my, my suggestion is, 
as you learn to craft it for yourself, you're going to start prepping to craft it in other space. Because it's basically a lab to learn how to do that. And, and to anybody who'd say, well, but we're, you know, eventually we're going to go share the gospel. I, I'd just like to remind you the gospel is a story, not an idea. The gospel is not a set of idea or a set of assumptions. Or The word is good news. That's what gospel means. News yeah. is a story. Always a story. So if it's a story, then let's stop setting it up like a group of propositions or verses or whatever. Those verses are all in support. Yeah. It's like sometimes, and this again goes back to the the pre-Christian, post-Christian discussion, is I'll listen to people and they'll say, you know, well, for God so loved the world. And I'm like, I, I get it, I get it. You're quoting a scripture passage at me. But I said it's a lot like quoting a line from a movie that nobody's seen. Yeah. So I so I give them a list the of ending. so I give they them a list of the well, or, or even what like what are you talking do, about? Right. So yeah. let's 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 give you a little quiz here. A couple couple of and, and on and we'll oh, see if no, you can no. do two yes. Couple couple lines for movies. Like, oh well, all right, here we go. I'm so I'm gonna make you an offer okay. you can't refuse. It, I, I'm gonna make oh, him an offer you can't refuse. Is that Godfather? Godfather, good, good. Okay, you got one. Good. Okay. number two is uh Hakuna Matata. Oh, yeah, Lion King. Right. So here's the thing, though. If you just say Hakuna Matata to someone on the street and they've never seen The Lion King, they're looking at you like... You're crazy. Sorry, you, you stuttering? You're having a yeah. seizure? What's going on here? Bless That's you. Not, what, <laughs> yeah, did you sneeze on? What are you doing? Um, all right, my favorite, the one most people almost never get, is uh, he jests at scars that never felt a wound. Yeah, yeah that's Romeo and Juliet. Oh, I oh, I'm ashamed. I'm so sorry, <laughs> oh, it's, no. it's Romeo. It's Romeo, and he's telling it because one of his friends is making fun of him falling in love, and he says he just the scars have never felt the oh, wound. Yeah. You don't know what it's like to fall in love. If you did you know what it's hurt? Mm -hmm. But that's my point. We quote lines yeah. from movies, and you're like, I don't know what that's from. I don't even know the story. I don't know why it matters. I don't know what. Right. Right. That's what they hear when you quote scripture. Yeah. Because you didn't tell it in a story. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that line means. Yeah. So God so loved the world that he gave his only son. What in the world is going on? That's a story. you got to tell the story before the verse makes sense. If, if you lived in a culture that was mostly Christian, you could quote it and everybody know what you're talking about because they'd all watch the movie. They'd all seen the story. But that's ultimately what winds up happening is we sound crazy. Like we're quoting lines from movies and they're all like, I don't know what you're talking about. But apparently that's supposed to be important because you got really intense when you said it. Instead of recognizing that the gospel, the good news, is a story that you have to tell the story, and then the lines make sense. Yeah. Yeah. They make sense inside the story, not outside. So as you're going to tell the story, though, even as you're going to tell the story in missions and, and do the things that you're working on, the capacity to tell your own story well yeah. actually sets up. To have your testimony down sets up the capacity to not only share the story to other people, right. But also to learn how to share the gospel in different contexts because you now understand how a story works, how it connects, what ways you can use the different media types to actually connect that with the mm -hmm. Yeah. So, Thank well, you. That was yeah, no. Encouraging. <laughs> yeah. So tell your stories. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crucial. And, and to be clear, I do believe that God is writing a story in each person and the story he's writing is unique yeah. in each person. So that's the reason we need to tell it. Not because yeah. you can't say, well, somebody else hasn't. No, nobody's ever had your story. No, ever. Yeah. So it's your responsibility to tell it, exactly. to bear witness to what God is doing. Yeah, because it's unique and it's beautiful and it's profound. And, and it's exactly, it's uniquely yours and no one else has it. 
But at the same time, there's also always something someone's going to be able to relate to and someone, something someone's felt alone in. And if you can make someone feel less alone and attached to something bigger than themselves, mm-hmm. like, hello, God, like yeah. that is like the, that's the beginning step. Because the other thing that I always say and the, the other thing that I like made very clear to everyone on my team is that like what I want this to be at the end of the day is like the jumping off point for the actual relationship. Like the media is not the relationship, it's the jumping off point to an actual relationship. Mm -hmm. And if we lose sight of the humanity, then we can never get to the relationship. Well said. Thank you. Thank you for coming by today. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. This is great. I'm glad. And if you want to find her, I'm sure you can just come up to Crow Lake and, uh, at Moody and find her. True. She's pretty much sitting here all the time <laughs> trying to make sure everything works perfectly. Yeah. Uh, if you have questions for me, you can send them to propettit at gmail.com. And I look forward to seeing you all on campus or hearing from you soon. Send me your questions and I'll get back. Have a great day.